Hello and welcome to the Scottish Clans. I'm Clint, your host today. Thank you for joining me. We're going to be talking about how the Camerons got their slogan or war cry. First, let me get, give a quick shout out to my sponsor, USA Kilts. They, If you are in the market for a kilt or anything that goes along with a kilt or anything that ties in with Scottish heritage or brought more a little bit more broadly Celtic culture like they they get into some of the other some Welsh stuff and some Irish stuff but but their the core of their business is the the kilt and they make a quality kilt that's where I got mine I love wearing it um I've I'm into having it for I'm not quite a year into it and I do wear it it's not like I never pull it out and it I still love it I still love wearing the kilt so go to usakilts.com and and check that out if you also are interested in learning about Scottish history culture um, and anything you ever want to know about wearing a kilt, go check them out on YouTube at USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions. Okay, now the the story of this is how we're going to do this today. I'm going to tell you the source that I'm pulling this from, and then I'm going to read you the story, and then I'm going to break the story down and talk about some aspects of it that might be interesting to you. The source of the day's story of how the Camerons got their slogan or war cry comes from The Folklore of the Scottish Highlands by Anne Ross. I really tried to look up some information on Anne Ross. I couldn't find a lot, to be honest with you, as far as biographies go. She, in the sleeve to the book, is referred to as a Celtic scholar. That can mean a lot of things. It's not very specific on what degree she has, any other type of credentials. Um, one credential she does have is that she is a Gallic, a fluent Gaelic speaker. And in the acknowledgments in the beginning of it, she's given a shout out to a family that she had a tight relationship as a, as a kid. And this family were the Fergusons of North Uist. And it, uh, specifically at Karanish. And says, she says when she's a schoolgirl, they took her into their home and taught her their language with infinite patience and kindness. And so she was a schoolgirl in North Uist and learned Gaelic there from a family that took her in. I don't know what that means, if she lived with them or if she just spent a lot of time with them. Anyway, so she, is, she does come from the heartland of what she's getting in here and talk, uh, in talking about in this book. As far as that, I, I had a hard time finding any other information. All right, so... Um, let me actually read this part of her book where she tells the story of how the Camerons get their slogan. Now, just a one word, uh, just a note on slogans. We get the English word slogan from Gaelic, and it literally translate as, translates as cry of the host. Host meaning an army, and so there you have, that's the, the literal translation and we just, but the army, so it's the army cry, battle cry, really battle cry is, is a good translation, I think. So, and this is the, I just might point out, this is the second episode that I've done that's like this, giving the background behind a clan's war cry. The other episode I did was on the McFarlane war cry, Loch Sloy, which actually you see the Gallic word host, Sloy, that you use in slogan. And anyway, just a little nerding out with you right there. But there, that's, this, is, so this is the second episode like this that I've done, the other one being on the McFarlane war cry or slogan of Loch Sloy. So here's the story on how the Camerons got their war cry. So you have, it starts out with two people, 
Lochiel, and when it refers to Lochiel, it's talking about the chief of the Camerons and the Duke of Athol. Lochiel and the Duke of Athol had a dispute about the ownership of Ardranach. They frequently met and argued about the possession of this piece of land and often came to blows, but no decision. They agreed to meet alone without their followers at Ardranach and fight it out between themselves. It was also agreed that each of them would take his own piper. Lochiel met the famous witch Gormla as he set out on his journey. She warned him that Athel meant treachery and advised him what to do. He took his men and kept them hidden until he should make a certain sign. The duke had likewise hidden his men, and when they emerged, so did Lochiel. The Camerons, Lochiel's clan, were victorious. From this encounter, the slogan and the Cameron pipe tune are said to have originated. This is the slogan. Come hither, come hither, you shall get flesh, you shall get flesh. Come, sons of hounds, you shall get flesh, you shall get flesh. And there it is. And that's the story. And that's so that's pretty short, isn't it? Now, I've got a few questions from that account. But before we dive into that, let me give a quick shout out to my sponsor, USA Kilts. So look, I've had their one of their kilts now for the better part of a year. Coming up in the fall, it'll be a year. And I love it. I love wearing it. I think it looks cool. It feels good. It's a quality product. I had a great experience as far as customer service was concerned. The so the the quality of the product is good. The customer service is awesome. It's free shipping free shipping within the United States. So I really recommend you go on there. It's not just kilts. It's anything that goes with the kilts plus uh anything that goes with a kilt plus tons of other stuff. There's they've got some Welsh stuff, some Irish stuff. Go on there, check them out. They've there's a lot of room to play around on their website, usakilts.com. Then, also, if you're in the mood to watch some good content on YouTube regarding anything regarding uh, regarding anything wearing a kilt, how to wear the kilt, what to wear with the kilt, how not to wear it, what not to wear with it, different angles, different things. you got Rocky and Eric on there, and, and they both bring their own contributions, their own specialty areas that they're really sharp on. And they're good at responding to questions that they received or anticipating questions that we might have, especially a guy like me who uh, relatively new to the kilt-wearing world. But they've also got stuff on Scottish history and Scottish culture, so go on there and check them out. USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions on YouTube and usakilts.com. Let's, let's talk about what we know about who, what, when, where, why, the, the five W's, right? Five who, what, when, where, Why? Yeah. So the five W's, let's talk about it. Really, the easiest to pin down, I think, is the where and the why. They're fighting over land. That's the why. The where is Ardranach. I think that that means somewhere in the Rannach Moor area. Now, if you look on a map, I actually plotted this out on Google Earth. You go to the the Cameron heartland around Ochnacheri, which was where... It is, this is the time problem that this is where, where the time period is, is because I don't know if Akhnakeri was the seat of the Cameron chiefs as long as they were a clan or if it was more varied in time because we don't know when this battle happened. And that creates all sorts of problems, but that's kind of the interesting part where we get into it. So this is the part where we start to nerd out a little bit. But in, in, anyway, as far as geography is concerned, if this is on Rannoch Moor, then... We're talking about a place that's almost equidistant 
in between these two clans. Now, which clans are we even talking about? It's clear we're talking about the Camerons on the one hand. But on the other hand, it's a little sketchy because it says the Duke of Athol and his men. Well, who is the Duke of Athol? Well, if we're really nitpicky about details and this was the Duke of Athol and not the Earl of Athol, that really narrows it down in time period because the Murrays were created, the Dukes of Athol, in 1703. And... So that gives us from 1703 up through 1746, because after the Battle of Culloden, there weren't a lot of clan chiefs right, calling their men up for a foray into another clan's territory for a fight. That, that really put a hard bookend on that. Now, if you've got other information on that, you can show me from a solid source a time where a clan chief called his men up on his own, completely independent of government action and his role as the agent of the government, and took him into battle just as a clan on a territory dispute with another clan, then I'd be really anxious to see that if it happened after 1746. But if it didn't, that gives us that small time period, really. And as far as clan feuds and clan battles just between clans, the 1700s were pretty quiet. You had the Jacobite Risings, and that's where we see most of the military action engaged in by clans in the first half of the 1700s. The Age of Forays, which is where things were bonkers in Scotland. There were clan feuds and fights and crazy stuff going all over the place. That was the 1500s. And a lot of people pin that back to the, the fall of the Lordship of the Isles in 1493. And the, that, the Lordship of the Isles were a very powerful, um, uh, what do you call them, a dynasty of men. The, they were McDonald's, but this this function of the lordship of the isles created stability in a, in large regions of scotland and with that fall scholars a lot of i've seen them i don't have any specific writings on that but pin that back to that with the fall of lordship of the isles it, that created instability and then you have through the 1500s a very chaotic and violent time period in scotland but you get to the first half of the 1700s it's not happening that much in fact it really trickles down in the 1600s there's still stuff going on in the 1600s between clans as far as fights and feuds and stuff but it really slows down compared to the 1500s and you get the 1700s it's pretty quiet so it's i guess my point is it's not really likely that in the time period that a duke of athol existed and it would have been a murray at that time but i don't know it just it's just not very likely it's a small window of time, and it's during a time where it wasn't going on very much. Okay, so what if, though, we could take that title, title Duke of Athol, and we can say ah, that was an anachronism. It was a story told later using a later title that didn't fit when it really happened. Really, we're talking about an Earl of Athol versus the Camerons in this dispute. That blows the doors of this time period-wise way open. So the Earl of Athol, that's a very old title. It goes clear back to where they weren't even called earls in Scotland. They're called Mormares. And somewhere along the line, maybe in the Canmore dynasty, you have, because with them, they favored English culture and Norman culture. And so that, I don't know if that's when the title changed, but um, there was a Mormare of Athol, and then later there was an Earl of Athol. Now, as far as time period, likelihood 
the Stuarts held the earldom of Athol for a really long time period. And that, in fact, that's how it came into the family, the, the Murrays. The Murrays in the first half of the 1600s married a Stuart heiress and inherited the earldom of Athol. So if we're looking at this from a time period, the time period that this could have been a Stuart, it's a pretty big time period. Now, it could have been a Murray, Earl of Athol, during the 1600s, could have been. The window's smaller, and then if it was a Duke of Athol, it would have to be a Murray, and it would have to be in the first half of the 1700s, which, like I said, is not likely. So, it's either a Murray or a Stuart of Athol, and their base was at Blair Castle. So this goes back to the geography now, okay? So the Blair Castle, if we look at Blair Castle being the headquarters of the earls and then later dukes of Athol, and then Achnacary being the seat of the chiefs of the Camerons, Ardranach is about halfway in between them, but not, if, not in a straight line between those two locations. It's southeast of Achnacary and slightly, almost directly west, but slightly southwest of Blair Castle. So, but it's, it looks like it's almost equidistant from the seat of each of these competing parties. So we have this piece of territory. It was a dispute over the territory between the earls, maybe dukes, but probably earls of Athol and the chiefs of the Camerons. And it was a, a fight where there was some treachery, but through the luck of getting in touch with this witch who gave them, used the second sight maybe, and told them, hey, there's some treachery afoot, or maybe she just had some intel. And she was just, just had her ear to the ground. She's listening to stuff and picked it up, and it didn't have anything to do with any supernatural means, but they call her a witch and kind of imply that she used other than normal abilities to give the Camerons a heads up, and they were able to come off victorious and in the process gain their war cry or slogan. So there you have it. Um, reach out to me if you've got more information on this, or please reach out to me if you have more information regarding other clan slogans or war cries and how they got them. I want to know these, but it's, like I said, this is kind of a tough subject to find the sources on. So you can reach out to me once again at thescottishclans at gmail.com, or you can go to the Scottish Clans Facebook group and find me on there and send me a message. Those are probably the two best ways to do this. Or, let me give you some other ways. You can go on Podbean and you can send me a message on Podbean. That's what the, the platform for this podcast is, is, is Podbean. Also, you could go over to po Apple Podcasts, leave me a review, like a five-star review, and in the written part of that, go ahead and say, hey, here's an, here's an idea. Check this source out. So there's a few different ways to get a hold of me and, and let me know if you've got information, maybe more information if you're a, connected to the Cameron somehow and you've got more information on this story. And if you do, I will include it in a later episode. Or if you can hook me up with another source on how another clan got their war cried, that would be much appreciated. And until next time, Marish and Leib and Drasta.